0: So, Toldot. Um, in addition to the idea that we're going to talk about which we've actually spoken about before but I just think this week's Parsha is an opportunity to really hone in on this. Um, I also want to take this opportunity as a great opportunity to show you sort of the value of looking for Pshat. Of mining the words and understanding what those words mean and arriving at a conclusion. It's a very simple skill set, I think. Um, and extremely valuable on a whole host of different levels. So, so here's a good example. You know, we, many years ago at uh, Israelite, um, I was giving a class, and um, I actually remember what I was talking about. I was talking about the story of Adam and Chava, and, you know, Adam struggling with who he was after the chet, and there was a guy in the shear, and he started tearing up. And you know, you learn to look for this type of thing when people are on a journey like that. So afterwards, I was talking to him, and he told me that he had been a concert violinist, okay? And he had had a nasty accident. He got his hand caught in a car door. And operations, uh, physiotherapy, a couple of skin grafts, and he eventually got his hand working again, but it never went back to what it was. And it basically ended his career as a violinist, right? the fineness. which which a concert violinist has to the sensitivity to the movement of the bow, he lost that. And he went into a tailspin. He looked to be late 30s, early 40s, you know, very dignified looking fellow. He said, that's who I was. I mean, if somebody asked me, you know, who I am, I say I'm a concert violinist. And if I get into a conversation with somebody, very often, that's how it starts. What do you do? You're a concert violinist. And so now I'm not a concert runner, so who am I? And I can think of at least five or six individual cases where I had that exact discussion, just a different profession, a basketball player, a woman who was a runner. You know, I once was at a, um, I was at a Shabbat uh, Friday night dinner. They asked me to come speak at a, a dinner in the Steinhardt Center or whatever. And it was supposed to be a dinner for singles. I don't really like the word single. We're never really single, but okay. And when I got there, there were about 80 of them, and they were all at these round tables, not exactly that, and they put me on this dais, which I can't stand, and, um, you know, we're singing Shalom Lechem, we're about to, you know, make Kiddush, and I suddenly realized, I was talking to somebody, that all these people, it's not like a group, they had signed up for this Shabbat, most of these people had no idea who anybody else was, it was a single Shabbat, they were looking to meet other people. So I said, okay, you know what, before we start, let's take a moment. I mean, what is Shalom Aleichem? To be shalom before we start Shabbat and dinner, you have to at least know who you're sitting with. So let's all take a few minutes, and all you have to do is go around the table and get to know everybody's name. And everybody shares something, but here's the deal, you can't talk about what you do. I thought, like, that'd be interesting, right? You can't talk about what you do, you know, because that's what you say. What do you do? No, can't talk about what you do. And I thought that's a clever idea, and I sit down, total silence, a very long, pregnant silence. For about two minutes, because these people are so used to starting the conversation, so what do you do? If you can't, if you can't ask, what do you do? Then what do you do? So after about a minute and a half of this, I stood up. I said, "Okay, so you're all struggling because what do you ask when you don't know? Like when you can't ask, what do you do? Why don't you ask who you are?" And everybody laughed and they sat down. There was another minute of silence, and then they started talking. What you do is not who you are. So with that in mind, I want to share with you an interesting idea because this is alluded to in this week's parsha. This is a crazy parsha. This is I mean this is Yitzhak. This is one of the primary role models of the Jewish people. We are in the midst of the journey of transforming a Jewish individual. Yitzhak is the first person born as a Jew into the Jewish family, which will happen in a few parshiot into the Jewish nation, which will happen in Sefer Shemot. So this is a pretty important point in this journey. Yitzchak gets married, right? They have a very special relationship. Right? Yitzchak and Rivka never argue. Even with this whole story of Yaakov and Esav, and she takes his side, and he, they don't argue, never see them argue. Right? Yaakov and Rachel argue. Avram and Sarah argue. Yitzchak and Rivka never argue. And that may be because Yitzchak is a bit of a rag and he just takes it all. Could be. But that is a fact. And their marriage survives this story, which itself is incredible. Okay. So Yitzchak says, Esav, come here. Now, why does he say Esav, come here? Because I want to give you a bracha before I die. Why does he choose Esav? Anybody? Because Because he loves Esav. Right? Yitzchak loves Esav because he was a hunter. Any parent that loves his child because is a problematic parent. You don't love your child because. You love your child because he's your child. You just love your child. You could love your wife because, but you don't love your child because. You love your child no matter what. That's what it's supposed to be. Not Yitzchak. And Rivka doesn't make it... Rivka loves Yaakov Okay, so Yitzchak says to Esav, come, I want to give you a bracha, right? Make me the food that I like, in order that I should bless you. So it's not just that he wants to give Esav a bracha, but he's giving Esav a bracha for a hamburger. That's a little off. Okay, Esav says, great, Rivka overhears this. Now in a healthy marriage, Rivka would come to Yitzchak and say, what are you doing? What do you mean you're giving a your bracha to it? Don't forget the bracha Yaakov? And while you're at it, take out the garbage, right? That's how a normal marriage works. No. Rivka overhears that Yitzchak wants to give a bracha to Ezev, so she calls Yaakov because she loves Yaakov, right? And she says to Yaakov, listen, your father wants to give a bracha to your brother. Uh-uh, you're gonna get the bracha. So Yaakov said, Yaakov doesn't say, how could I do that? You know, I mean, it's is Yitzhak Avinu. No, he says he's going to find. He has no problem with doing it. He just knows he's going to get caught. Rivka says no problem. I got that covered because your father's blind. So you dress up as Esav, right? This is getting unhealthier as we go along. You dress up as Esav, and you'll get the bracha. And Benet Yaakov goes and he prepares the food and he comes to Esav. Now listen to this pasuk. Vayomer Avi Vayomer hineni Miyatabani. Think about that line. Like if you called up your dad, your mom, on the phone, do they ever say who is this? I mean, don't they recognize your voice? And that's a phone six thousand miles away. Can you imagine your father is, I don't know, he's doing a skin treatment, he's got his eyes covered, and you walk into him and say, Hey, he, he wouldn't know who it is. I don't know each of my children who they are. It's bizarre. Okay, Who are you? Now this is the pasuk that I think is a paradigm shift. Aviv, Esav I am Esav, your bechor. I did what you what you told me to do. So what is Yaakov doing? He is he's lying. Right? It's pretty straightforward. Now of course that's pretty problematic. Do you know what Yaakov's virtue is? What are we supposed to see Yaakov at? Titein? Remember this pasuk from Val Tzion? Titein emet li Remember this pasuk. Titein emet, give truth. Yaakov represents truth. Right? The Jewish people are supposed to be Moshe emet, v'torato emet. This is supposed to be truth. How could he lie? Rashi is so uncomfortable with this. Listen to what Rashi says. Rashi says, Anochi kama Hamevilcha. He says, no, he's not saying, I am Esav. He says, I am Esav Bechorecha. That's ridiculous. I don't believe that Rashi is saying Yaakov didn't lie. Maybe what he's saying is Yaakov is uncomfortable with the fact that he's lying. Because the continuation of the Pesach is, I did what you told me to do. That's clearly a lie, and and Rashi doesn't comment on that. So how could Yaakov lie? And how could we have such an unhealthy paradigm? Now, by the way, you can't blame Rivka. It's interesting, by the way, Rivka doesn't love Yaakov because. Rivka just loves Yaakov. But you could still say, why does say Rivka loves Yaakov? Now, when we say Rivka oheveted Yaakov, what does that really mean? What is love about? Yeah. Giving. So Rivka says, "I, my job is to give to Yaakov. Yitzchak, for some reason, believes I'm supposed to give to Esav. Esav is the future. Why does Rivka want to give to Yaakov? You can't blame Rivka. Really? Who tells Rivka to choose Yaakov? How does she know that? Hashem told her. The kids are, I don't know, they're kicking inside. She says, well, What's going on here? She goes to seek God, which I guess either it means she goes to the house of Shem and Ever, which were supposed to be these figures of these paragons of virtue, that the continuity of monotheism, yeshiva, shembe, where Avram learns whatever. Yaakov will actually go to there to learn Torah midrashically, whether that's literal is an interesting question, although that's a story for another time. Or maybe she asks some other Navi, or maybe she just communes with God. And Hashem answers her. Hashem says, don't worry about this. There are two nations inside your womb. And there will be a national struggle. These two will be nations. Right? They will separate from the womb as two separate nations. And the greater one, the older one, will serve the younger one. Yaakov is clearly the younger one. By the way, Yaakov and Esav are slugging in the womb. Yaakov comes out holding on to the heel of Esav. So this struggle begins from conception. They're brought into the world meant to struggle with each other. So Hashem tells this to Rivka, so I get why Rivka chooses Yaakov. But what's really going on here? And, and what does it mean? Anochi Esav Bechorecha. So it's very interesting. And by the way, one more thing to note. Does this sound familiar? Vayomer avi, Vayomer hineni? Anybody remember where that comes from? Yeah, Tzvika? Okay, good. It does not say hineni by Adam. And it doesn't say anochi. Or it does say anochi. What? Okay. When by Avram? You're right, but I'm looking for writer. When by Avram? Oh, they're walking to the the akeda. Both of them are walking together, Yitzchak and Avram. Right? He says, "My father." Here I am, my son. Right here, here's the word. Is the where's the, the whole discussion? So we've had this dialogue before. This time. Fayomeravi, Fayomer, So what's the difference? So I want suggest something very simple, but very deep. And worth thinking about. And this is just based on Pshat. The word Anohi" is a very unique word. It does not appear all that often. Where do I find the word Anohi? What's the most obvious? Pardon? What's the most obvious anochi that you know? Aseret HaDibron, right? Anochi Hashem So this is a powerful word. right? But where else do you find Anochi? Wow. Where do you find Anochi? Hashomer Anochi. Cain kills Hevel. God says, E'hevel Ahichah, where's your brother? Cain says, Am I my brother's keeper? Am I Shomerachi? Now, it's interesting. What is that question? Is that a cynical question? Or is that, oh, am I the guardian of my mother? Right? Adam Arishon Hears God, they hide. God says, you know, Ayeka, where are you? It's a ridiculous question. Hashem is not asking Adam Arishon, where are you behind that tree? Like, that's ridiculous. He's saying, yesterday we were so close. Where are you? Right? What does Adam answer? Va'iraki e'rom anochi. I was afraid in awe because I was naked. I discovered my nakedness. Whatever that means, right? and I hide. Va'iraki e'rom anochi. Powerful word. There is another place in this week's parsha that we find this, right? Rivka sees that these children are running out of her room. Why am I? So what does that mean, Anochi? So Rashi quotes an interesting Medrash. And the Medrash says as follows. You know this Medrash, but I'll read it to you inside, right? Okay? Because it says, they're, they're running around, beating each other up in the womb. Right? And you got to understand. I mean, look, Hashem has blessed me to watch my wife pregnant with four children. My daughter now has been pregnant with three children. And one of the interesting phenomena when your wife is pregnant is the baby starts to kick. And that's actually fascinating, because that's the point you start to realize you're becoming a parent. There's a human being in there, right? And I actually love this. I was, I was a fanatical new parent. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, the way I deal with things I don't know is I read. That's just what I do. And so I read the Columbia book of pregnancy. I read like whole medical books on pregnancy. I, I don't remember much of it now, but I became well-versed in what was going on. I wanted to understand what's sitting inside the development every month a different. I remember when I found out that at about six months, the baby's ear canal develops, which means that a, that, that a woman who's pregnant seven months, the, the embryo, the, 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 the fetus can hear you. So I became fascinated by this. And I started experimenting based on things I was reading. And I found this true, the baby started kicking at night in the middle of the night, I put on calming music. You know, like uh, Beethoven, Bach, Vivaldi, and the baby would calm down. And then I put on like Mick Jagger and the baby would start kicking it, it was unbelievable. And it freaked me out, I realized, this baby and I are communicating. So I realized I'm not waiting to be a parent, I am a parent, right? I mean, chaser shalom for babies born early at seven months, it's viable today, right? So, but imagine if, if your baby's kicking around, right? Let's say there's a woman. Maybe she's married to a Kabbalist. And every time she walks by Rav Nevin Salon the her baby starts kicking. She'd be sure, whoa, this is going to be a Tamil Chacham. But what if every time she walks through the Arab Shuk and people are bowing down to, to Allah Akbar, the baby starts kicking? So then she'd get nervous. What if it did both? So she'd be mystically confused. So Rivka is trying to figure out what's going on here. So Rashi says, what's going on in the midrash?" Now, by the way, midrash is not necessarily literal. It could be an allegory, but it's an idea. So what does he say? Right? Remember, it's like they're running. They're, they're pounding back and forth. When she would go by the, the Torah study houses of Shoshem Ve'aver, Yaakov wants to get out. He's going nuts. And when she's passing by the, you know, the temple of idolatry, so Asa wants to get out. So she's trying, to remember, Rivka has no way of knowing that she's pregnant with twins. There's no ultrasound. So she thinks she's, you know, she's got Lucifer in there. He's like, I don't know, that there's some kid in there who, who's, who's bipolar or something. And then Hashem says, no, don't worry, there's two of them in there. What does Rivka say Right? Then why am I? What, what am I doing? Now remember, Rivka comes from the world of Lavan and Bituel, the world of idolatry. She's now entered the world of monotheism. She's about to become a parent. What's she going to choose? Her past or her future? Right? Who am I? Anochi is the language of who am I? Yaakov. Yaakov is the Ishtam Yoshev Ho'alim. Right? But if you want to build the Jewish people, you can't stay in the tent forever. You have to go out into the world. Yitzchak loves Esav because Yitzchak is the father of surrender. Ravadi is going to talk about this tonight, so I'm not going to talk about it now. But, but Yitzchak was all about surrender, receiving. He is the one who is bound on the altar. right? And Avram was the one who went out. So Yaakov is supposed to synthesize those. He's got one down. He's learned how to put aside the world and sit in the tent. He needs to get out in the world. And Yitzchak sees that that's Esau. So maybe Yitzchak sees that the world needs the Jewish people predicated on the world of Esau. And he was born first. That's what Hashem wants. So Rivka understands now. Davka, the underdog, needs to become the Jewish people. Hashem created Yaakov to be the underdog. And so he has to learn to put on the clothing of Esau. He has to be Yaakov wearing Esau's clothing. When does he finally get the bracha? Yitzchak says, kol The voice is the voice of Yaakov, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Who are you? And Yaakov will struggle with this question for a long time. Right? Is he Yaakov or is he Esau? Yaakov marries two wives. He marries Rachel, but he also marries Leah. Why does he marry Leah? How come Avram gets Sarah, Yitzchak gets Rivka, and, and Yaakov gets two? Do you remember why he doesn't want to marry Leah? Do you remember anybody remember the Pesach? Ki Eneha Rakot. Do you remember that? She has like soft eyes. So Rashi the Med quotes the Medrash. Why does she have soft eyes? Because she cries all the time. Why does she cry all the time? Do you remember? She was supposed to be married to, to Esav. What does that mean that she was supposed to be married to Esav? So Sefasemah says, the Gera Rebbe says, there were supposed to be four avot. There were four mothers. Were supposed to be four fathers. Esav took a turn. He stepped off the path. So he was the father who didn't become the father. But Leah was supposed to be the fourth mother. So because she couldn't have Esav, because Esav became a Russia, whatever that means, wicked, Yaakov takes both Rachel and Leah. He has to become Yaakov and Esav. He has to know when to wear the hands of Esav and when to carry the voice of Yaakov. Yaakov is struggling with Anochi. Yitzhak knows exactly who he is. Yitzhak says, "Hineini," but "Miatabeni." Who are you? What does it mean that Adam Rishon says, "Veirakie romanochi Chazal say, "Don't think this is just talking about that a person suddenly realizes he's naked." Who realizes they're naked? Do you know who realizes they're naked? Human <laughs> beings. An animal doesn't know it's naked. An animal doesn't think it's supposed to wear clothes. It's naked, except for poodles on Fifth Avenue because their owners are nuts, right? A a dog, it's born with its clothes. That's who it is. There's no difference between the clothes, the public, and the private. I'm an animal. Adam is born. He's an animal. What does an animal do? It seeks pleasure. It seeks the moment. It sees a fruit, wants to eat it. So Chava behaves like an animal. She's enticed to being an animal by the Nachash. And Adam Rishon follows suit, and then Adam suddenly realizes, Vay-ra-ki-e-rom, Erom, I'm naked. You know what I'm naked of? I'm naked of my humanity. I had one mitzvah. I'm naked of mitzvah. The one thing Hashem asked of me not to do, I did. e Erom, but it doesn't say Erom Ani. It says e Erom Anochi. Who am I? Who do I really want to be? Anochi Hashem Elokecha suggests... Remember once we talked about this, I shared with you the idea from Rav Tzadok. Rav Tzadok says that Hashem speaks to every Jew as an individual. Anochi Hashem Elokecha, your God, individual. I am God, your God, the individual. Not I am the God who who created the world. I am the God who took you out of Egypt, did all this for you because I care about you. Hashem introduces the sign of the concept of a God that cares. So Rav Tzadok asks... So when you're a Jew at Sinai, and Hashem is speaking to you, what did His voice sound like? It's a pretty creative question. Never thought of that question. It's a good question. What did Hashem's voice sound like? Rav says, you know what it sounded like? It sounded like your own voice. When you heard God speaking, you felt like you were talking to yourself. Because that really is the beginning of the dialogue with Hashem. I'm talking to the self in me. I'm, I'm struggling with the question. You have to have this dialogue with the me in you. To figure out who you want to be. Judaism begins when I figure out who I'm meant to be. You know what hineni means? Hineni is a very different word. Hineni, where do we find hineni? Hashem comes to Avraham and he says, Avraham, Avraham, Vayomer, hineni. What do you think hineni means? What does it mean literally? It's hineni, as opposed to anochi. Hineni, hineni. Here I am. Now if you can say, here I am, it means I'm here, I'm in this moment. Like you're sitting at the table, and you're out for dinner with your girlfriend or your wife, and she's busy on the phone, and you're having an important conversation, you say, where are you? And she suddenly goes, oh, sorry, and she puts it on the phone and she says, I'm here. What does she really mean? You know she's here, she was sitting there before, but now she's present. He mainly means, I'm here in this moment. But it means a lot more than that. It means... I'm ready to receive whatever this moment has to offer. I'm ready to be in this moment, receive this moment, whatever you want. I'm here for you. So when you say a hineni, when you have a hineni moment with someone you love, it means you know, you're know you so busy with work and so much going on, and then you find out that your daughter has a brain tumor. You stop everything. You have a hineni moment. You know what, I'm here. I'm here as a father. Let's say, let's say I'm, 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 I'm sitting and having dinner, you know, and it's time to put the kids to sleep. So I take up my son, who maybe back then was four years old and he wants a story and I lie down on the bed. I don't take my cell phone with me. I lie on the bed with him and I tell him a story. Because right then, I'm a father and I'm in that moment as a father and nothing else. But then let's say my wife gets a call and she comes running upstairs and she says, I don't know, God forbid, you know, your father, something's wrong. I fell, whatever it is. Now I got a decision. I can't be both in that moment. I'm either a father or I'm a son. So I decide in that moment I'm a son. I give my son a kiss and out I run. I'm no longer a father in that moment. I'm Hineni in a different moment. So when we say Hineni to HaKadosh Baruch I don't need to know what it is I'm about to do. Hineni means whatever you ask is what I'm willing to do. So Hashem says Avraham, Avraham. There are two Avrahams you can be now. You can be the Avram who's a father, or you can be the Avram who's an Eved Hashem. I'm gonna actually ask you to choose. It's easy to be an Eved Hashem when being a father is being an Eved Hashem. But can you be an Eved Hashem, can you serve Hashem, when it seems to negate the role that you're in? You're, you're a commander, you're, you're an Ish Chesed. You, you spend your life believing in loving kindness. And you're in a tank, I don't know, in the middle of Beirut. And, and, and an eight year old kid jumps out from an alley with an RPG. You cannot be the Ish Chesed in that moment. You have to be Din. You know? Your, your, your humanity says to you, you cannot kill a child. The IDF, as a commander, teaches you, you have to kill the child. You can't be both. So Hashem is calling to you, Binyamin, Binyamin. And if you say Ineni, then what you say is that in that moment, I'm here, this is what I'm meant to do. And you've got to figure that out. Hashem comes to Avram and he says, Avram, Avram, which Avram are you going to be? Because if you're purely just a father, then you'll never take your son up to offer him up. But if you're the Avram who wants to create the Jewish people, if, if serving Hashem isn't about whether it makes sense to you, because Avram can say to "Like this makes no sense. You told me this is going to be the future of the Jewish people. And now you're telling me to offer him up. Can't be. Hashem says, okay, Avraham, Avraham, who are you going to be? Hashem comes to Moshe Rabbeinu at the burning bush. Vayomer Moshe Moshe, same line. Which Moshe are you going to be? You're 79 years old. You're a shepherd. You've put the past behind. You've you let go of Egypt. You escaped Nazi Germany. You're married. You have kids. You're the son-in-law of a wealthy, famous personality. You're a shepherd. You have all the time in the world. And you're old. You're 79 years old. And you have to decide. I'm not going to force you. I'm him to pick Moshe up and put him down in Egypt. He spends a week arguing with Moshe. I want you to go. But Moshe has to choose and that whole dialogue begins with Moshe, Moshe. You're going to now be at a crossroads. You're going to choose which Moshe you want to be. So Yitzchak says, right? Yaakov comes and says, "Vayomer Ravi." Vayomer He named me. In this moment, I'm your father. But mi atabani, who are you? And that's why he uses the word anuchi. Because you've got to figure out who you want to be. Are you Yaakov? Are you Esau? Are you the call of Yaakov? And I don't think it matters whether Yitzhak knows who he's talking about. That's a whole other discussion of how Yitzhak is blinded by the food of Esau, how we get blinded in, in life by the food of Esau, of the Nahash of the Yitzchak, the snake, whatever. That's a whole discussion. But Yitzhak says to Yaakov, in this moment, you're going to decide who you want to be. Are you going to be the voice of Yaakov? Are you going to be the hands of Esau? And ultimately, Yaakov will say, I actually need to be both. Sometimes I need to be the hand of Asaph and sometimes I need to be the voice of Yaakov. What do we call that when you have to live with the hands of Asaph and the voice of Yaakov? Balance. balance. That's what it is. Hineni is all about balance. Anochi is off balance. Kain is way off balance. By the way, Kain has no idea what it means to have a brother. There's one guy in the world, at least shot in the Pasuk, And whether there really were only one person in the world is an interesting discussion, but the Torah paints it that way for a reason. There's one person in your life, and he's dad. He has no brothers. You're the first human being that was born, kind. And obviously, if there are going to be more people, there's only one mother, so he has to come from her. But why does it matter that that we're born from the same mother? We're two people. I'm me, he's him. I'm an animal. If 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 it doesn't suit my needs, then I'll get rid of him. Because that's what I am. And then Hashem comes along and says, Who do you Who are you? Eh. Are you are you Cain self? Or are you Kayan the brother? And Kain says, HaShomer Nochi, Am I a brother? Is that what I'm supposed to be? Or am I me? Khan's struggle with and that's why Cain now will wonder. Because when you have that struggle, you're going on a journey. That's when we wonder in our souls. Ultimately, Yaakov will choose to find that balance. And I'll just finish by saying this. You know, that's what this year is. Now I'll give you an example. You're entering the world now finding the right person in your life. You're very young, you're 18, 19 years old. And you could debate whether it's a healthy thing to date now, You know, to date a girl if you know you're not ready to get married. That's an interesting discussion. I'm not going to offer an opinion. I think it depends on the person, but fine. But you think if you haven't found the girl, you're not dating yet. It's not true. See, most people think that, you know, when you get to that age, that the goal is i got to find the right girl. That's not the goal. You don't have to find the right girl. You have to become the person that girl is looking for. Because when you do, she'll come find you. Or she'll send her to you. And if you haven't found her yet, it's because you're not that person yet right? We're trying to become the me that we're meant to be. You know, you're starting to realize who you're looking for. Who is she looking for? If I figure out that I want a girl who wants a guy who learns, then I got to learn. If I figure out that I want a girl who wants a balanced guy, because I want a balanced girl, then I got to become that balanced guy, etc. This is the year to really begin that journey. You know, you've started this year in the world of Anochi. You have to get to the world of Hineni. That's the challenge of Prajat Toldot. There's a lot more to talk about, but we'll end here. A lot of food for third in pressure.